This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Turning Point Autism Foundation, a best practice school at the intersection of hope and innovation. Hello and welcome to Dana Being Dana. I'm Dana Michelle and I'm thrilled you're with us. My show is about all different aspects of the human connection, things that bring us together and living life intentionally. April is Autism Awareness Month and today we are bringing awareness to how this pandemic and other world changes have impacted the special needs community and those who love and support them. We will hear from families and a student directly, but first I'd like to introduce Carrie Provenzali, Executive Director at Turning Point Autism Foundation, and Dr. Lisa Connick, a clinical psychologist specializing in clients with special needs. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you being here. We've been in this pandemic now for over a year, what have you learned since then about its impact on the special needs community? Well, the impact on the families that we know and love at Turning Point has been profound. Our families oftentimes find themselves living um, extremely isolated lives from the greater community, whether that's because they are often full-time caregivers or because their student might have behaviors that make it difficult for them to access the community. So the global changes we've lived through this year have just further isolated our families, and that has been a real struggle for our students and, and, and their caregivers. And I would add to that, Carrie, a lot of our families, um, particularly those with special needs, have a lot of services in place that they rely on, and they are really dependent on their structure and their routine, um, their outside services, their educational supports, and a lot of that has been abruptly pulled back and unavailable to them. So we're seeing a lot of families struggling socially, emotionally, behaviorally, and sensory-based challenges are really prominent in a lot of the families we've been working with this year. Tarek, you're a graduate of Turning Point. Yes. Uh, can you talk about how the pandemic has impacted you? Um, well, well, there, well, there's a lot to say, but I'm gonna, but, I, but I'll try to define it because, you know, because we're there's all we're, we've been given mixed answers a variety of times, even right in the very beginning, and sometimes we're still given that. But what was just weird was like beforehand. I mean, I'll slowly come back, but I'm one of those people where you know my life is all about culture experiences films like being busy more of like the stuff that's like like the main uh theatricals of chicago is kind of what defines me along with arts and culture and i'm the type of person who always likes to go out and take those advantages but then like usually maybe once a week or once every few weeks i'd have an obligation or a setting or an event to attend and then when this happened i mean i kind of it just it's like it slowly it slowly happened i started noticing a small amount of like rescheduling of things which i told myself okay no big deal at first then that just happened over and over again and then before you know it things closed like everything closed so when the world was shut down that was probably when i had my breaking point moments just getting frustrated at the world thinking how can this be happening you know we live in a world where resources are advanced. We just have people that ignore our main problems of the world. But ultimately, where I found there was hope was I've my mindset has totally changed. Like, instead of gearing on arts news, I was always so geared on what's going on in Illinois or who to trust in this scenario is kind of thing. Like, 
like which medical people to listen to to to, to try and to try and help me build more resilience kind of thing. That's more of what I had to do was focus outside the box on who to listen to the most in these scenarios. Kind resilience. Of thing, to not give up. Yes. Yeah, resilience is a key word. Um, Joe, yeah. you are a turning point parent. Um, your son is 23. How has he yes. been impacted by the pandemic? I think everybody's been impacted by the pandemic. Um, you know, it kind of just happened all of a sudden to everybody. I mean, how can you prepare for something like that, even knowing ahead of time it's going to happen with a special needs student? I mean, you really can't. But, you know, um, you try to improvise. You do what you can. You try to make some routines at home. Fortunately, you know, I, I think I'm one of the lucky ones where uh, Adam really kind of really, I, I cannot complain. And I thank God that really overall he's done he's done pretty good at home. Good. We, we you know, we, we did our best. We, uh, you know, we, we did whatever we can. And, uh, you know, just thank God that, like, it could have been a lot worse. But for my our situation, it has turned out pretty good. And I, I, I thank God for that. I really good. do. Lisa, can you draw the connection for people um, between therapy and, and special needs and kind of the services that, that are provided to the special needs community from a therapeutic perspective? Absolutely. So a lot of what we do in our practice is we service individuals with neurodiverse um, needs. So autism, ADHD, um, and various cognitive limitations. So really what we're doing is, uh, especially during the pandemic, we've done a lot of behavioral supports and parent supports. So understanding your child, what the behaviors really mean, um, if they're not communicating well, how to read that behavior, how to establish limits at home, how to establish structure and put that in place um, so that we see a reduction in anxiety and dysregulation. Um, we're also working on anxiety management, so teaching children and their parents distress tolerance skills, um, emotion regulation skills. Um, and, and then the other piece that's important is I think that social perspective taking and that social skill development. So we can work with individuals across the age span as well as their family members and their teachers and other providers to do some multidisciplinary support in making sure those skills are transferring to different settings. And I think that's so important because the anxiety that people have experienced as a result of the unknown, right? Remember when we heard the pandemic was just two weeks? Um, and then the crushing feeling when we realized that it was going to be much longer than that and, and helping families navigate that um, and, and all that that means. Carrie, can you talk about how Turning Point has taken actions to respond to the needs of its students? I know we, we had said earlier um, about all of the special services that are provided, um, both by you, Carrie, and Lisa, um, and of course, all schools and institutions have had to respond to the pandemic. What particular things that has Turning Point done to respond to yeah. those, in, those needs of, of your students? I would love to share that. I also just want to mention that is a big point as parents have struggled with um, teaching their own students at home with e-learning. But for Turning Point families, that means our parents have become not just the teacher at home, but the therapists right. and many different therapists, because you're talking about speech therapy, occupational therapy, behavior interventions. So the level of intensity um, is, is significant, and that just raises the stress level as well for those families. Um, Turning Point, I mean, one of my big regrets was not moving fast enough, but like you said, initially it was like, well, it'll be two weeks. And then suddenly it was a month and then it was six weeks. Um, 
What we did, um, we were one of the first schools to come back to some in-person setting. We tented our parking lot in the summer and rented a bunch of hand washing stations. I mean, we just got real creative. If we can't be inside, how are we gonna get our students back into some routine, get them used to seeing our team in PPE, get, get our students used to PPE if they were able to. So that's how we provided some of our summer programming. And then we came back on a hybrid in the fall, but we also right away got our therapist telehealth certified. So as we move to having to provide some services over um, a platform like this, we had to certify them so that we knew what, what we were doing when we started to enter our students' homes. So um, that was another big undertaking we took on, not to mention just trying to create an e-learning curriculum that could be accessed by some of our students because it's just simply not preferred for our students to be teaching in this way. So. Those were some of the initial big pivots that we did. We're so excited. Um, now we're back four days in person with our students and we did take advantage of um, the truncated schedule and some of the holiday breaks to um, finish our, our work on our eighth classroom as well as putting in a state-of-the-art OT gym so our students have a little more room, a little more room to move now when they're on campus. Are there anything, are there any policies that are here to stay? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, a lot of them. I mean, for a lot of our families that are choosing not to come back, we will continue telehealth now indefinitely. Um, and I think some of our new partnerships for our adult program, um, of which Tark's a graduate of, a lot of those models are changing to exclusively online. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our employment partners have been partnering with us on uh, new models around supporting employment for our students. So all of that's probably a pretty good shift, but um, the core of what we do with our therapeutically intense environment is not gonna change. So our goal is just to keep the health and safety policies in place so that everyone can be in school together. They say that kids really benefit from structure, and I think that still holds true in the special needs community. Um, how have you all maintained structure um, for the lives of, of the people who have special needs, either at Turning Point or at home? Can you talk about that, how, we've, how you've kept structure? I can speak to that a, a, a little bit. Um, one of the things that we did um, was really when we saw a lot of regressive behaviors, especially at the early stages of the pandemic, families were calling um, and highly stressed about what do I do? You know, parents are being pulled, they're working at home, their kids, like I mentioned, are not getting their services um, from school or from their outplacement services, occupational mm -hmm. speech, therapies, sensory regulation, so that we did see a lot of, of regressive behavior. And what we tried to do was really encourage parents to look at those aspects of their day that are pretty typical. So we have morning routine, we have bedtime routine, we have meal times. Those are all areas that you can create structure around um, and create some visual schedules for your student and your child so that they can see what is expected from day to day, what is expected from week to week, where are they supposed to be and what are they going to be doing, and then how how to also manage their free time or their downtime so that they have some options. And that really did help kids feel a little more balanced. And we did see some reduction in that dysregulation just by doing that. Joe, Tark, can you give some advice for people who may be struggling in this space of having structure, maintaining structure, um, and just navigating in this pandemic? 
from how I view it, I will say the I would say like this like the advice I give because I even remember from students when I was attending Turning Point always had their hobbies that they never wanted to quit doing like like either it was art or having some form of hobby like I admit kind of sticking to what you love doing the most it's all about I think like like thinking what your passion is and then making your environment around that that passion as well you know that's great advice Joe yeah you know um for me it's what's done at home and what's done also at turning point also too you kind of keep those same structures together and implement that at home also too that that helps make the schedule and a routine and it's something the kids are taught at, at, at school is if it's done at home also too that helps a lot if it's not it makes it very difficult so so basically you're working together with what the school is doing at home also too and just kind of maintain that and just go with that too at home and in, in, in situations like this which makes because the kids understand what they're doing at home and at school and keep doing that at home also too and, and, and they know it in the back of their mind, which helps make it work, and, and, uh, it, it, and it does really work. That's good. These are great tips, great advice. We'll be back with more right after this break. Don't go anywhere. In one word, Turning Point is opportunity. Turning Point is discovery. Turning Point is growth. Turning point is encouragement. Turning point is hope. Turning point is a lesson. Turning point is smiles. Turning point is anything students and families want it to be. We help students in many different ways through clinical approaches and programming, focusing on socially appropriate behavior, employability skills, independence, and communication. Turning Point is such a valuable part of this community. It is through the faculty, staff, and students, and the generous donations of the community that help us drive the work that we do. We need your help. We need your help. We need your help. To go the extra mile. 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 Welcome back to Dana Being Dana, where we are talking about autism awareness in a pandemic. I'm still joined by Carrie Provenzali, the executive director of Turning Point Autism Foundation, and Lisa Connick, clinical psychologist with Connick and Associates. But I'm also joined now by Gia and Marissa, who are both parents uh, of students at Turning Point. Can you ladies talk about how your children were impacted by the pandemic? I think for us, it was a time of uncertainty, um, just knowing that it was originally telling our child that it was going to be a couple weeks and then that changing. Um, And it got to the point where we felt like our kid couldn't even trust our own word because we kept saying, well, a few more weeks, oh, no school again. And then we started seeing Uh, some behaviors come out because of the uncertainty and we reached out um, to Turning Point and we were in connection with them the whole time but they really helped us help build that certainty and also how do you explain to a kiddo with autism that you don't know when school's coming back when someone lives and breathes from routine schedule and a calendar and you don't have the answer and they're asking you 
when does school start again? And that was very, very difficult to navigate because we didn't have an answer at that time. And um, we had to work together and really look at how do we support someone when we don't have that answer. Did your children experience regression? So I just wanted to preface that um, I think everyone across the board that is dealing with autism needs to realize that every child who uh, sustains that diagnosis um, is impacted differently. Um, my son is 13 um, and he is completely nonverbal um, and he has a processing disorder so he doesn't necessarily understand everything that we tell him. So when we initially got the call from Turning Point that they were closing down the school, there was no way for me to prepare him. I can't tell him um, that there's no more school because he doesn't understand that. Um, he can't comprehend those words. Um, he communicates with a talking device, um, but really that's for him to communicate his wants and needs to me, not for me to communicate my wants and needs to him. Um, we're getting there, he's making strides every day, um, but really he would just wake up the next day there was no school, wake up the next day, there's no school. I'm sure he's wondering, why am I not getting on the bus? Um, we do prepare him every day, we're gonna get on bus, but that's how we speak to him, very, you know, get on bus, get in bath, you know, we everything's very small. Um, so he has very, very severely been impacted um, both emotionally, physically, um, in every aspect of his life, this has impacted him. Um, you know, even so much so as Carrie had stated in the first segment, uh, when they did go back in the summer, I couldn't even have him go back just because of the of the way that Dominic understands things. Um, he would have never understood going back in the summer uh, and not be able to go into the school. That's part of his routine. He gets off the bus right. and he goes in the school. Right. If I would have brought him to the school, he wouldn't have understood and he's self-injurious. And so then I'm taking a risk of him injuring himself in order to be able to attend a couple hours just to see his teachers and PPE. So that's a balance I have to play as a mother, what is gonna be most effective for him? So it was a very sad time because even when services were became available through Turning Point, we couldn't utilize them because his deficits are so severe. I think it's important to talk about the impact to families, especially parents, uh, in terms of caring for a special needs child who's at home as a result of the pandemic. Um, do parents experience or do you experience guilt with your kids being unable to receive the services? Uh, or, you know, it's as Carrie, you said earlier that parents become therapists, right? They, they provide all of the services um, remotely. They, at least they try to. Um, what, what kind of guilt is associated with that? And what's the impact to, to the parents who are trying to support their kids as if they were in school from home? I had a lot of guilt originally when this first started. I'm a special ed teacher and I was teaching remotely while trying to teach my own son remotely. And while my husband was still going into work every day physically. And so at the beginning, there was an assumption that all parents were working from home and that wasn't the case for my family. And then I have, um, so I have twins, 13 year old boys, and I'm trying to help both of them with their schooling. And 
I remember Turning Point had a parent meeting and I was, I just, I was embarrassed to say it, but I just said, look, we're not doing all the lessons. We're picking the big important parts, but we're also just working on daily living skills. And I remember still to this day, Carrie said, this is a guilt-free, no judgment zone. And from then on, I was like, you know what? We're doing the best we can and it's okay. And that really has stuck in my mind since the beginning. And I continue to tell myself that and also the parents of kiddos in my class with special needs, that this is a guilt-free zone and a no judgment zone. And we're all just here to find solutions. Yeah. Carrie and Lisa, have there been different experiences between students who are high functioning and those who are more profoundly impacted? Yeah, turning point, we have students, you know, from seven into their 20s. And um, as Gia said, no two of our students are alike in their genius or in their deficits. So everybody has weathered this differently and they have different support systems around them to cope with everything. So we have seen um, a lot of challenges, but we've also obviously been very inspired by our families and some of the creative solutions people have come up with and how they've teamed together to support each other. And um, I know for me, that really continues to drive our team when we hear these, I, even when you guys are talking to each other, I, I love the support that we have going on at Turning Point and how we have continued to try and manage because as we know, we don't know what's around the next corner. Right. I actually can um, comment on from our client base, you know, we see a, again, a range of ages and also levels of strengths and weaknesses. And some of the kids we might consider higher functioning may have less needs for those daily supports. Um, so they may be a little more resilient. Um, the other thing that I've seen in, in a lot of our students when we dialed back and went to remote learning is some of the kids that were stressed socially in school were actually thriving through the e-learning process because they did not have the social stress. They didn't have teasing and bullying to worry about. They didn't have that, I don't know if I fit in stress. Um, so they were thriving in getting their work done and getting it done efficiently and then having some downtime at home to relax. Whereas the families that had a lot more services like occupational therapy, ABA, um, speech and language services, special education services, we're really struggling with that remote learning process and some of the lack of services like Gia described is, I think, had a greater impact on the stress and anxiety in the family and the home. Yeah, and if I could just touch on that just a little bit, just because, you know, our situation is um, probably a little bit different than most, um, you know, the services that Turning Point was amazing about. I mean, they went out of their way there. You know, there were times, you know, the OT department would deliver us um, occupational therapy toys for Dominic to try to engage in. Um, but we sadly couldn't, we couldn't partake in anything. We couldn't partake in any of the e-learning. We couldn't partake in any of the activities um, that Turning Point set up. My son just cannot, he just, he has to be physically in school with his aides home. He runs the show here. And if, and it's, it's, it's unlike anything most people have ever seen. And, you know, in the first, um, segment you talked about, uh, there was talk of isolation. 
is on another level um, in our home. Uh, and that's every day. But then with the pandemic, it, went, it, it just went even further because of the regression. Yeah. So it just kind of all ties in. I mean, the pandemic just made everything, you know, my, my son just lost all every ability and skill that he gained at Turning Point when he started, like is, 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 is gone now. It's just, it's been extremely devastating to watch. Yeah. Gia and Marissa, can you talk about how that's impacted you? I think a lot of times, um, you know, I think it's important to talk about how all of this impacts the parents or the staff who support those individuals with special needs. I mean, for myself, I can just say, um, you know, personally, I lost my job due to the pandemic right. uh, and I have not been able to gain fully, you know, gain, gain full employment. Um, I've had employers, you know, openly say, how are you going to work and take care of such a disabled child because I've always been very forthright about my child. I have to be. Um, so, you know, it's been, you know, from that standpoint, it's very difficult, but then, you know, my son has, um, extreme disabilities, you know, he's self-interest. So his safety is number one priority. And outside of being self-injurious, he also is aggressive towards myself, my other son, um, you know, and new things have come up since the pandemic, things I've never seen before, right. you know, his sensitivity now to noise where he was never like that before. And I have no way to, I don't, I don't, I lack the skills mm -hmm. to be able to mm -hmm. understand where that's coming from and how to prevent it. And my resources and my, my guidance, which is turning point is not there. They, you know, they would have to be here. So I'm somebody that's always been, there's never not an answer. I will find the resources for my son. I'm his advocate, I'm his words, and I will find that. But I have found myself in such a depression, in such a sad spot because I can't help him. Right. I cannot help him. And that's extremely devastating. It's very frustrating and it's hard. Um, I, I totally yeah, get I'm that. I just wanna say that was, you know, the special gift of the type of crisis we've lived through with the pandemic is, I feel like any other problem we had to solve, Turning Point would have, we would have been in the home. We would have figured out, but you're talking about a communicable disease. And it was like, how, how do we do any of that and, and navigate that together? So that has been hard. There's no doubt what we do is so human to your whole show premise, Dana, about the human connection. And for our kids to be without their teens and for our families to not have their support, it, it has been devastating. And I know this is for Awareness Month, but I just want to ask the moms here, like beyond awareness, what is your, what is your big want for the community? I think for me, um, so Colin wasn't going out in the community as much prior to going to Turning Point. And then we got his behaviors in a really positive place. And we were going to the grocery store, we were going swimming, so many things. And then with closures, we weren't able to go to things anymore. And thankfully for us, that was motivation for Colin to tolerate a mask. But every day I go out into the community and I know that health is the number one priority 
but I always think about now when I take Colin to the store and he loves going to Target and picking out, you know, his snacks. And I see that sign that you can't enter if you don't have a mask on. And I think there has to be a way for people that cannot tolerate PPE to safely access the community. And we need to start problem solving that because it's not okay that people with disabilities are not having access to the community. That's such a great point. That is such a great point. Special needs and specifically autism is a topic that is a personal one for me. My eldest child was diagnosed at the age of seven and like other families, we've navigated school and activities remotely in this pandemic and I could not be prouder of my child. That said, it is an incredibly tough time for many And I hope that this episode brings awareness to this very important aspect of our community. Thank you to all of my guests for joining me to share their expertise or personal experiences. Special thanks to Turning Point Autism Foundation, especially for how they show up for our local autism community. Hopefully you have been entertained, if not encouraged or inspired. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana being Dana. See you next time. This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Turning Point Autism Foundation, a best practice school at the intersection of hope and innovation.